You're listening to the Know Nothing Podcast with Stat and Dojo. Hello, Dojo. Welcome to the podcast. Why, hi, Scott. I heard you uh, had a, an amazing adventure without me for the past four days or so. How was it? Yeah, where were you, man? I don't know. Where am I? That's a, that's a pretty where metaphysical. It's a metaphysical, metaphysical question. I can't answer. Right where now. are you living at nowadays? <laughs> I, I am lost in a bewilderment of mind fucks. But yeah, no, I'm not. No, I, I wasn't there because obviously I wasn't invited. Number one, number two. I don't. I don't play Blizzard games. I just. I mean, I used to. Yeah, I played Diablo too. I loved it. I played. You know, people say World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Guess what? I was a Warcraft player. And a Warcraft 2 player. Warcraft 2 was the bomb in 1993 or whatever. That was the original Blizzard. That was the Blizzard I know. And that stuff's gone now. Now it's all World of Warcraft, which I never touched. Uh, Diablo, which I liked 2, didn't really like 3. Um, never played. What was that third one? Uh, Overwatch. Never played Overwatch, really. And there's a fourth game they have big out there, right? Hearthstone. Uh, Hearthstone, yeah. Again, didn't touch. So, like, the whole convention like, I don't know. I feel like you'd be good at Hearthstone. You say that. But I'm not into cards. I like cards in my hand. I don't like cards on a, on a computer screen. But Oh, you only fine. digital cards. Why not? What's wrong with digital cards? There is something tactical about being in front of somebody and with the physical cards in your hands. That's why I played Magic the Gathering. Was I loved? I loved the um, the tactile experience of the cards and holding them and collecting something rare and using that rare card that I got out of this magical place and uh, through trading with somebody to throw it on the card. Got this card out of a magical place. Yeah. Well, it felt <laughs> it felt great when you were a kid when you could trade with somebody like a stranger and you got a good deal. The kid didn't know what he wanted, what he had, right? And you knew what he had, and you got a great trade. You like, all right, I'll trade this two cards for your one. And it's like, okay. And he gets these two cards. Are you training against a bunch of idiots? <laughs> well, not idiots. It's not the same. There, there are literally tens of thousands of cards. So not everyone can know what every card is valued, especially in the meta of the game. There's tournaments. There's standard. There's standard 1.2. There's 1.5. There's um, there's original. There's the expanded extension. There's a whole bunch of different tournament styles and very variations of the game that you know. Lots of knowledge, right? So you can easily, if you know enough about the game, you know, not scam, but they're happy. They have two cards they wanted, but you got the rare card that's going to get you in a tournament, and you're right in front of someone. You throw it down, you win. There's a, there's there's very few feelings like that, and uh, it's you know it's it's akin to battle royale, you know, PUBG winning, but better. It really was better, and especially when you're a kid when you you know, or like winning a poker tournament. Yeah, but poker I think is a little bit different. Poker is not about the game; it's about the people. You know, you're, you're basically playing people. You're learning how to lie. I've never liked that about poker. But with that side, that's why I got like a computer game where I don't see anyone I'm playing with. I don't own the cards. I'm just sitting on a computer screen. and never never quite translated or never will. With that, anyways, but I didn't go to Blizzard. It was kind of for that reason. But you did, um, and you had a blast, and that's good. Uh, we, we always talk about conventions here on this, on this podcast, and it's good BlizzCon, supposedly, I, you know, it's my first one, but supposedly it's the, the like one of their biggest, best lineups that they've had in years. And it was, for me, like, I'm a huge Diablo guy. Huge Diablo guy. I've been playing some, like, Diablo 1. Super long time of, like, that game. And then Diablo 2 was, like, wow. Uh, not wow, the game, but, like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, it's just always been really close to my heart. It's kind of what got me into um, playing more of those style of games. Like, after that, it was, like, the Fallout 1 and 2 was similar style. Um, it was turn-based, but it was still the same angle. And I really like those... Um, because of Diablo, and it really was like a, a game I grew up on. Diablo 3 was definitely a letdown on launch, and it's a lot better now, but, like, I have a problem. I don't know what it is. I feel like when I'm wronged on <laughs> launch, I have a hard time going back to it. It's like, it's like you, 
I gave you a chance, and you wronged me. Well, no, th- th- it's not. It's not something's wrong with you. I think everyone has that. To be honest, what it is is that you invest. I know in- a lot of people that go back to games once they're like, like No Man's Sky is actually a good game now, but I'm just like I can't get back to it because I every time I play it, I have these memories. Well, I guess I always feel like there's a buildup that needs to be done in a game, which also I think a lot of game developers have kind of failed that understanding. There's a build, there's a, a like a learning curve is a way of putting it, where you have to kind of like tiptoe into this world and like get grab them by the you know the, the the throat and like bring the viewer and gamer into that game and like absorb them. And if you if you do that wrong, then it jades them from that experience and they look elsewhere. And that's I think this has happened to you. It happens to me all the time. But if I play a game and in the first hour I'm not absorbed into it. I'll never touch it again. And uh, even if a game I play all night long, if at the end of that night, I'm like not just like itching to play it again, I'll never play it again. I need to have that addiction feeling. Uh, that's why I love PUBG. I think the very first day I played that game, I was like, I love this. This is amazing. And I never, and again, I'm still, three years later, I'm still playing it. Yeah, but it's like, so, <laughs> you know, Diablo 3, when did Diablo 3 come out? It came out 2012. Okay. And Diablo 2 came out, when was it? 12 years earlier. So it's like I was waiting 12 years for that game. Because hmm. I was super into it. You know, I was like, I, I loved it. Blizzard and used then to, it, yeah, they do the long game, the long play. I mean, it kind of hurt. Well, because they do that. I mean, it's no, no problem with them doing that. It just hurt that, like, the game was so broken that they, you know, big ups to them, honestly, for taking the auction house out and restructuring the game. Because it takes a lot of... Um, you know, not most, most companies wouldn't do that. They're like, yeah, yeah, we, we, we make it work, you know, find a way to make it work. And they'll like make the change on the next game. These guys, like they, they totally revamped their game, um, which is really cool and great for people. And it's one of the highest selling games. Uh, but you know, like I said, it was, I mean, I remember playing and having a struggle. And then when the expansion came out and some of my friends got on it and like, they had no idea what I went through. To like, you know, trying to get decent loot was impossible. It was really brutal. But anyways, really, <laughs> I, I playing Diablo Four felt amazing. Yeah, that trailer was insane. Well, like I was. We'll tell you, it was like, a Hollywood movie. Yeah. yeah, it was a Hollywood movie. It was, it was, it was insane. It was incredible. I, even I'm not even a big fan of Blizzard stuff, but like they make good trailers. Um, so you said the gameplay feels good. Uh, feels amazing, it, and and it was really really cool. I got to play as a druid and sorceress felt really good there's a new dodge mechanic now so it's like i think they're focused more on uh interactive uh battles so like you know seeing something coming out of the ground you have a second to dodge so it gives like that you're not just standing there shooting you actually have to you know make sure that because it used to really only be kind of i mean there was dodging always but it was more like walk in between these two fireballs and avoid them versus like mechanics like you know, uh, in, in boss battles where you would see where the next thing is going to show up and you have mm-hmm. to get out of that area. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see that happening um, more often. Okay. And uh, and the character Druid was really, really cool to play. And I also fought um, a world boss with like eight other people just happened to be fighting it um, at the same time. Didn't get to beat him because as my, my demo ended, uh, oh. I had 20, 20% health left. Oh no! It was super cool. Really, really cool. Really difficult. I almost died a few times fighting him. That's good. I'm good. It's good. It's, it's encouraging that you like it. Um, I'm hesitant to buy it because I was burnt by Diablo three, like you. I got it. I got excited because I had memories of Diablo two. I remember Diablo two is 
I remember the dungeons, like the layers and layers and layers and layers, like going like seven, eight layers. And, and you got to a point where you weren't strong enough to beat that guy and you got crushed. You're like, shit, you lost all your stuff. You had to run all the way down and you had to like tiptoe around these guys to get your stuff. Like that's what I remember Diablo being. And then I felt Diablo 3 was like they're holding my hand the entire time. And it didn't feel like there was any sort of like I was in control. But I just was like going through enemies and just going through rooms and killing people. It didn't feel right to me. I didn't like it. Um, that's it. I mean, that, I mean, I mean, that's, that's it. it. You didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. I, just, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, it didn't, it didn't vibe with me at all. Alrighty. Well, that's okay. I think this game is going to be uh, huge for them. I don't know when it's coming out. Probably a year or two, at least. I think it'll definitely be there again next year at BlizzCon. So. Sometime after the next BlizzCon. Really? Um, it's still under year out? It's going to be far away, I think. I don't have a date or anything. I'm just assuming. Again, they have, the, the, they have the long play. They do the... Um, that's what they do, man. Yeah, I suppose. Hey, I, you know, I'm actually I'm glad that I didn't go to BlizzCon. Why? I went to... Why? Then I wouldn't be able to play with Dead Mouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, if I was stuck... play with Dead Mouse. If I was stuck in... If, I would not have had the experience to... Uh, not only play with him, but talk to him for seven hours. I mean, that's the thing that was interesting. Like having a conversation with someone like it for seven hours is pretty fascinating by itself. I mean, you know, you don't get much time. Even if you were like to meet somebody that was, that was famous, you don't, you don't talk to them. You see like a couple words, a couple sentences, or you made it, but then you, you part ways. Sit there and, and with a captive audience for seven hours and have an actual like man to man talk about stuff is kind of way more, more interesting to me, actually, than, than just fanboying over something. What was the biggest like? moment for you and during that whole time like what, what part of the conversation or what interaction do you think was like the most memorable it's hard to say because again seven hours is a long ass time um the, the we bonded over i think there's there was a fact that he is his he hates people like i do not like hate people that's a bad way of putting it he um he, do, he just likes people kind of like you do. he's an antisocial person in a way and i always say i don't like nice people and i, I told him that i i feel I, I, he didn't prompt this either. I just simply, I don't know, I don't know where I was, out of just confession. I said, you know, I don't, I can't stand nice people. Like, like truly nice people. People are only nice. They don't say anything. They never give me jabs. They never give me anything. Because, it may, like, I get, like, like, I always feel like something, there's something else going on. Like, it, what were those moans? What was that? I don't know. It's like, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel weird. It makes me, it's hard for me to really bond with someone who's super nice because it's like, they might be genuine. That's great, but I can't. There's nothing for me to grab onto. Like, a, and he's like, "Yes!" And like he really like full on, "Yes, yes!" I, I can't stand that. It's, he's, he needs to be someone to challenge him when he's conversating with him. Like, that's me. I like when someone challenges me. I like it when someone jabs at me and gives me something to, to play off of. And to, you know, this term is banter for the most part, but it it, it, it can just simply be simple as as like just kind of like poking fun at somebody a little bit and, and making them kind of react. I like that kind of interaction because it's it's more dynamic and it creates a lot more fun environments. And he's just like that too. And so that, so like it, it was early on. It was allowed me to clear quickly. I knew it uh, from from interviews. He said stuff similar like that, but um, it was clear very clear that I was going to I was going to pick on him for the rest of the day. And that's all I did. I didn't compliment him once the entire fuck. I didn't say I liked his music. I never said you're amazing. I said you're not good at that. I just simply I gave him shit the entire time I was playing with him. I uh, I made fun of him for not killing a guy. I said I was getting better kills than him. Um, I made fun of that he was a DJ. You know, I, I just kind of like fuck with him, and and he responded in positive right, and he he liked it. I think so. That's probably the thing I could say is the one moment that was it was significant because um, it's going beyond the bullshit. You know, it's kind of like a lot of people would would say in those situations that you would you tell them how much you're about your fan, and we all talk about like. Being a streamer, you can kind of get a taste of the fact that once you get famous or have a fame into you, you don't need that or want that because it's automatic. It's implied. You know, you have millions of fans. I know you like my music. That's It's not hubris or, or narcissism. You just know because you're, you're fucking famous. 
What you want to hear is 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 the is the stuff past that. Are you a human that I can bond with and have hang out with and have a conversation with? And I think the I think he he appreciated that. That's really cool to hear. I definitely I definitely feel the same way every time I meet someone who is you know considered a celebrity or well known, and because you know I I never want to go up to them and say anything about their work because yeah. like it's like I'd rather have a conversation about them or me or the place we're in yep. because you can have um you know better interaction other than them they they've heard that a hundred thousand times like you know and they don't so want, definitely I, think they, that it's it's important to go about it that way and like a lot of people could learn from that too I mean mm -hmm. it's hard because you see a lot of people just fanboying over people mm -hmm. in general but if you want to actually make an impression or, or potentially have a real conversation, say something different, you know, don't just well, be like, I love your music. Well, the thing is it, it's, um, they also don't want to be a, uh, like pigeonholed or identified as only that, like it's all that matters in their life. That's who they are. Um, you know, it's very clear when you watch his interviews that, he, you know, he doesn't really want to talk about music. In fact, we've talked about it in, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the seven hours, he, he definitely talked about how, you know, music's kind of not dead to him, but he, you know, he's been doing it professionally for so long that he's kind of he doesn't, he doesn't like it anymore. You know, he doesn't like the industry, he doesn't like music. He's like, man, he's been it's, that's kind of why he's streaming. You know, he's kind of joking about it, but he's like, he kind of like he could see himself being a streamer. He's like, I actually have fantasies about me being a streamer, a big streamer. But if I really want to do this, I could do this probably. And you know, he jokes about that, but because that's something new to him. And it's, and I said, well, yeah, you don't want to do that because this is a hobby. You don't want to turn a hobby into your business because then you'll hate it. And he says, exactly. He's like, that's why I don't do it. I'm like, okay, there you go. It's like it's funny, like people like idolize people in these positions that they are in the top of the world. But once you live in their shoes, you realize that they've kind of ruined something they loved by being huge with it, you know. And now they come out, everyone comes up to them, say, I love your music. Like, well, something I don't really like right now. Okay, what are you gonna say? It's gonna, you know. So I think that's why he goes around Twitch. I think he goes around because he knows that people might talk to him, but that you know, big Twitch streamers are famous, so they'll understand that right away. The implicit non-fanboyism is going to happen number one number two they're playing video games so a lot of the conversation is not going to be about music number three he can, didn't talk about hobbies he likes like streaming and stuff so yeah, i think he's it's, it's maybe he's a very smart guy i think he knows what he's doing and why he's doing this with twitch people that's really cool i'm happy that you got to play with them it's uh a good time i remember I, I, I he, was, uh, he was cool when i went and filmed the epic mealtime at his house so that was a that was a cool experience as well yeah <laughs> you got to throw that in there didn't you Oh. Ha, ha. oh, I know. Don't just... Oh, you only played video games? I cooked it in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dojo. It's okay. It's okay. It's One okay. day. Your life's been always been better than mine. I understand. Oh, my God. You've had better experiences. I was just saying, he's, he, was, he was cool. Um, and I went to see his concert just, uh, like, what, two, three weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. I He did, a, like, his set was insane the visuals were r ridiculous and it's crazy like I, yeah, and he does everything never himself. seen something like that before in my life and he does every i mean everything himself and There's i wasn't expecting that to be honest i was expecting it to be good but i was blown away i was like no he sinks it to his music so he think about it someone who creates the music from raw and creates the uh, visuals from raw and he's able to pair them up without any sort of filter it's like he knows what he wants in his music what he hears he wants the visuals to match up that's why it's so impressive and he had a long interview where he talked about um, he's so pissed at, at people like Justin Bieber, not because of that he, you know, in, in any personal things. It's that Justin Bieber will walk into a studio and have every song written for him, all the words laid out, session musicians sitting there ready, producers 
um, record uh, executives, everyone just sitting there ready to polish the shit out of this song and make it huge and make a million dollars. And they go in, it's a Justin Bieber album. He's like, really, it's a Justin Bieber album? What on that album is Justin Bieber other than just his fucking voice, he says. You know, it's like, it's not him. It's not him. The, he, Justin Bieber has nothing to do with it. He says, I want, when I would make an album, I want it to be, I want it to be Joel. I want to be Dead Mouse. I want it to be everything. He says, go look back at my album. It says, you know, produced by Dead Mouse, recorded by Dead Mouse art by dead mouse you know all the way down the line it's, it's my album and if it sucks it sucks but you know what it's mine and it's like that kind of integrity as an artist i can relate to as a creative person and that's why i attached to him as i mean i mean if i'm being totally honest i like his music but i like other edm better than his because i like i like more trancier stuff i like more more um more melodic his stuff's not that melodic if you really listen to it. it's very repetitive very repetitive uh, sequences and stuff but it's amazing sounding but it's not necessarily my jam exactly but I still respect him so much as a musician or an artist that I, I'm, I'm a, you know, a fanboy in that way, too. Um, and I think a lot of artists could really learn from that. I like how, you you know, during the whole time that you spent with him, you were, like, you know, jabbing at him. Then we have the podcast, and you're, like, drooling over his stuff and the way he does things. I like it. Well, you know, yeah, because I do. I do love what he's up, but I'm not going to do it in front of him. Why? It, it benefits nobody. It's not going to make him feel better. It's going to make him feel awkward. And it's just make me look stupid. Um, it's almost a narcissistic thing to think that me telling him that would would make him happy because it makes me think that I'm more important than I am. That's what that's what fanboyism is. When you say I love your music, what you're doing is saying I'm just as good as you because I like your stuff, and it's not it's dumb. It's not, it does it benefits nobody. Um, I'm just as good as you. Yeah, like like my tastes are, are similar to yours. Therefore, I, I, I it's kind of like a, it's like latching on to popularity. You think that people yeah. who say they're big fans think they're as good as the person they're saying subconscious. That to? I think it's a subconscious thing. I think it's a, it's it's not it's not meant to be malicious. It's just like why would you say that to them? I, mean, I think it's because they honestly are in like shock and don't know what to say. That's even worse. That's even a worse. I thing think that's to say. the majority of people is they're just I, not really sure how to interact. Someone there was another it was a famous actor that I was interviewed. Um, oh, it was a musician. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Dire Straits guy. Uh, shoot, Mark Knopfler. Okay, I don't know if you know who he is. Um, no, incredible. Oh, it hurts my heart. You know his songs, uh, Sultan's a Swing, uh, Brother in Arms. You've heard these songs. He's an amazing guitar player from the 70s and 80s. Um, uh, you know the song, uh, uh, I Want My MTV? No. I want my I want my MTV. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. What's the point? The point is that he's a, he's a superstar musician, and he's been interviewed. He says, I don't want fame. I wish I was never famous. I hate it. I fucking hate everything about it. And, and you ask why? Because you know people they don't know what to do. They walk up to you and they're idiots, and they they, they mumble and they say "I love you" and you're amazing, and, and they're just bubbling morons. And you can't ever have and, and you go around and people hog you and, and get in your way, and they, they they're always annoying. And they say they're always in good intentions, but they're idiots. You know he hates it. He absolutely hates it. And I bet you if you talk to most famous people, they have the same way. Joel Dead Mouse. He lives in a goddamn farm basically in the middle of Canada. This guy's a multimillionaire, you know, international musician superstar, and he lives in a an isolated barn basically in the middle of nowhere and there's a reason for that because he doesn't like being around people because they all fucking fanboy on him i'm sure um it's fascinating to me that th this is like there, there's a there's a perception of fame and a reality of fame that is so different the, the cognitive distance between the two is insane well everyone wants to be famous and once they are they're like oh this is a mistake this is a mistake um even money and the money goes hand in hand with that like famous people with money the money is just being a drain on them. They're not. They don't. They don't need it for anything. It's they have it now, so it's no longer interesting. They can buy anything, so it's not like, 
you don't get that. So a lot of people with money, like you get a big, like 10 grand, right? You go buy something really amazing. That rush, that adrenaline rush of getting something, a new item or something is, is, is a diminishing returns because eventually it goes away completely, like taking too much cocaine, right? It eventually doesn't work anymore. And that's what happens to these people, I'm sure. It's millions of dollars, but it doesn't, doesn't excite him to go buy something. They have to find other things that excite them. And it's a weird thing that we all idolize fame when it really ruins a lot of people's mind, mentality and lifestyle. Definitely a, a very interesting issue that like, because you want to do well, you want to be successful, but you also want to have some of my normal life maybe. And you want to be able to go shopping or you want to be able to, you know, when you have kids even too, it's like you want to be able to take your kids out to the park without being mauled by people. And it's like, where's that middle ground where you can achieve those things, but not, you know, ruin that we, aspect of your life and we, gets taken away from you, you because know, you, you basically lost that ability to be in public. You know, uh, you know, one guy's got it right. Streamers like Lyric, who never show their face, you know, or Dunky. Dunky's another one, too. Huge YouTuber, right? I know his face looks. He has videos out there. You can find his face. He's, you know, he's, he's an overweight guy with a beard. But, he, you know, he's white, by the way. Most people think he's black, which I think is hilarious because it's a meme. Uh, they don't show their face, you know, so that they can get huge, make money, be famous, but their everyday lives are not affected. They can just go out and have a grocery store and no one knows who they are. Uh, PewDiePie, when he was doing his uh, his vlog and he had his breakdown, he was talking about how, you know, he can't go anywhere in the in the world. Not just like, like most of these like streamers like we know, famous people we know, even actors here in America are, are big. But if you go to like Zimbabwe, you're not going to be seen. If you go to uh, China, you're not going to be recognized. When PewDiePie goes around the world, he's seen in every country and recognized and people come up to him. And he says it's horrible because it's it's like he likes them, but he wants to have, he's a kind of a private person. He doesn't want to have, he wants to do his life. He doesn't want to, you know, it, it's fascinating to me. Like it, it really is, it's not, and a lot of people like to roll their eyes like, oh, they're whining. They're so famous, they're whining. But I don't know. I think it's real. I think it's a genuine concern because once you lose that anonymity, it's a, it's a precious thing you can never get back. I think John Lithgow said that once, where it's like, it's the most precious thing that uh, people have that they take for granted. You know, once it's gone, it's gone forever. You cannot get it back. It's impossible. So be careful what you wish for is the best way to put it, you know? So I never be careful what you work for. Man, I've never, I never wanted to be super famous, by the way. This whole streaming thing, I've never wanted to be a PewDiePie or I never wanted to be a Lyric or never wanted to be a, a Shroud. I never thought that would even be fun. I wanted to be one of those successful guys that were just riding high at, on, on a really good income and just having a great big community that you can talk to and just kind of live that life but never be the top dog because once you're top dog you're no longer living a normal life you're now shuttled around you know you're, you're you have security you have to deal with stuff that isn't fun you're constantly being pulled in thousands of directions you don't know who's your friend you know how can you date when you're at size of a ninja that's why lucky he's married right like can you imagine trying to date at a scale that means that everyone just wants you because you're famous not because who you are as a person and how do you know you have to date outside your industry which luckily streamers probably can at this point but actors can't you know everyone knows who you know johnny depp is and it's got to be a frustrating life oh johnny d I guess. I don't know. I don't know what that's like, but... You know, I thought you were famous. Remember middle time? I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't really want to be like that either, to be honest. I, I'm i on your, your page there, like what you said. Totally down to be successful and, and like, you know, surviving, mm -hmm. doing well, but not to the point where it's like, you know, going to convention and, and not being able to actually go to the convention. Like, yeah. Yeah. only going to, like, do panels or doing whatever, and, they you know, they have back 
rooms for you to walk through because yeah, that's, that's you like go horrible. through the main floor, you get you know harassed. I mean, it's great probably the first like year, like maybe two years. Like the the, the first rise that must be like, oh my god, I'm going back rooms, exciting! Oh, everyone's like, screaming, but it it just like diminishing returns. It'll eventually wear on you. Like I don't want this. To it, right? But once you you can't get rid of it, that's the problem. It's like a, it's like a cancer. You once you have it, you have it, and there's no way you can get rid of it. You can't even like suck at your job anymore because people still know you forever. And so, it's it's a curse. It is. And I uh, yeah, I'd love to. That's why I was frustrated about not getting really you know, bigger than I have on streaming because I never wanted the super success. I just wanted to get enough to quit my job so I have this freedom in my life, get some sleep, and just be big enough that like I can go to these conventions and be an anonymous, but get in the parties and tell people in the industry know who I am. The people who are matter, like the the working class, the people who are like in, in the gaming industry, other streamers, like they just know who I am, but no fanboyism when I go anywhere. Because that'd be that'd be the perfect medium ground, in my opinion. I feel I think it's a good handful of those kind of people we've known. You know, we've gotten to know. Um, you know, almost like are you? And I know what you're saying, man. It's like it, it definitely agree. Um, and I think it should be. Wait a minute, the problem you, is you that. Me. Oh. Yeah, oh. I know it's, it's you did. Weird. You did have a good time at BlizzCon. What did you do? What did you do in BlizzCon that made you in such a good mood? Hmm. Did you get laid? I just had a great time. Did you get laid? It was such. A fantastic experience. This guy is not answering this question. I loved it. I went to Disneyland on Thursday, BlizzCon Friday, Saturday, party Friday night. Saturday night was like hotel party, I guess. People were like hanging out in the lobby. And then Sunday, <laughs> I went to I went to Disneyland again with a whole bunch of awesome people. Um, and it was just such a, you know, it was like um inspirational experience, I think, because I was like, I wasn't sure what to expect from BlizzCon, and I actually really liked it. And then, good. you know, when you're surrounded by, you know, cool and just people that are nice, it's a really good feeling, like, being surrounded by, like, that warm feeling. Not to mention, Star Wars Galaxy Edge mm. is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Disneyland. I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I was completely blown away. I did not think it would feel like... Like they designed it so that while you're in there, you literally can't see anything from the outside world because they have the mountains around yeah, it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And and it's it feels like you're on another planet, and everyone is acting in the roles. Like everyone who's like um, serving food, and they say credits. They even have the logos and labels of uh, drinks and food um, modified. So like Coke doesn't even have their Coca-Cola label. It's like they designed a special label just for Disneyland Star Wars. Like, it looks like it's from outer space. And it's just so cool. I, I, I was, I couldn't, and then the Millennium Falcon ride was awesome. And everything about it was just really, really brought back, like, brought me to my childhood. I felt like I was a kid. And and That's I really enjoyed it. And I highly recommend it to anyone who likes Star Wars. Just to go there. And it's not even for the ride. There's only one ride. There's another ride opening soon. But no, go there experience. just to look it, at the walls. Well, like, I, the holes in the walls are like, the, the ceilings and the, and and the the lights on the on like it's just insane. Hey, you had a lot of your Instagram pics were were pretty impressive. Like you said, the one thing I I, I commented offline was that the the one thing that got me and it seems silly. I, I know you probably never don't get the same. But seeing the um, Imperial droid bagged up in the in the in the in the net and hanging on the wall, it's like that kind of yeah. Stuff. Those were the things, dude. Yeah, that's it was the little yeah. things that they didn't have to do that they did. Yes, exactly. And I I it's think like that, you, you look up a super high up on the wall. There's like a a beeping like blinking. Like unit on the wall, and you're like, they didn't have to turn those. They didn't have to put lights on that, but they did. <laughs> there's and there's like a, an eating place where they have this. It looks like a an old you know jet engine 
and there's like this droid that looks like he's like um he's like a robotic droid that's just turning the the thing that to spin the chicken underneath this this giant jet engine and you can order food right there and it's just hilarious and it looks so cool i was you know it's funny to me i always wondered why more companies didn't do that because money no hold on money think about that think Think of the um money (laughs) think of what think think of how much do you think it costs to build this place would you hush for a second oh you're shush shush your face shush your dirty face go ahead the uh so the, the the team that makes Star Wars, right? LM, 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 and uh, Lucas Films, spending $200, $300 million on these huge freaking epic movies that make money, but they're one and done. Now they're movies and they're gone, right? But these amusement parks, done by the same people, I'm sure, by the way, they, I guarantee you the entire park was designed by LM and, uh, and, and Light Magic and, uh, and, and Lucas. So they probably just, they just took the same team and just told them now design a park. Um, now there's, a, there's an experience that will be used over and over and over again for decades and decades and make way more money than the movie ever will. I promise you. Like the, the admission on that thing was like 30, 40 bucks probably. I bought a season pass because that stupid place. Yeah, expensive as fuck. I was fuck. in there and I was like, I was like, I need to come back here and <laughs> I need to be able to come whenever I want. And I got a season pass because I was like, this is, you know, it's not that far from my place. And I was like, I want to be able to experience that. I want to be able to just go one night and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm not feeling so right. Let's go to freaking Batu. I'm going <laughs> to hang out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, so I think like, wouldn't be great if more movies did this, more places like around the country too, maybe not just one, but like six or seven of them across the country, like six flags, but just for like Star Wars. And maybe you, maybe do You'd one be for- surprised. They have theme. The thing is, the problem is they're themed rides. So the ride has like, you know, hints at what it is or it looks designed. This, like they put on the, the cart has the images of the thing and there's like these people around but disney isn't like six flags like six flags is just a crazy ride yeah with like a, a name you know like the hulk buster or whatever and um at disneyland it's a whole experience from the second you wait in line to the yes. second you get off the ride there's it's care, like there's care like in there's, like indiana yeah. jones like it's not even the ride isn't even that like it's not even technically that amazing it's yeah. it's really the visuals of what they did well, the and, the, and the work that they put into like what you're looking at because the ride's not like a roller coaster it's like a back and forth spinning ride you know on like a car well yeah disneyland is not about rides never was it's about the experience it's about like taking but no other world. place does that does it do they like everything else is like oh let's make a big roller coaster oh, you only have one roller universal coaster studios there. is one you know i've like, never been there i want to so bad i want to go to the harry potter town that looks you fun. make a little uh a wand <laughs> oh, I went into this place, dude. There's like this, this. It's almost like a hidden. It's like a hidden gem. There's no sign, and it, there's you just see something. See people walking out of the door that you know the automatic door yeah. that looks just like Star Wars. <laughs> and inside, there's like you can buy helmets like from the the movie. They're like six hundred sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, you can build a Star Wars like a really nice lightsaber with a beautiful hilt. It's like two hundred fifty dollars. You can buy these like amazing sculptures and statues and and it's not like you know the normal souvenir shop it's like this hidden little place that has so many nice items and it's just quality you know yeah it's the uh, premium the premium shops it's like it's if it's for the people remember here's the thing we just talked about famous people with money right well dead mouse is a star wars fan i never asked him but if you went to go disneyland 
And he'd walked in. That's his shop. He'd walk in like, I'll take all that. That's cool. I'll put that in there. You know, it's his. That's the kind of people they're targeting. They're not targeting you. They're talking about me. They're targeting people who will go through there and have an extremely expendable income and are fans. And that's why they make it a special. I disagree shop. with you. I disagree. The, the spending two hundred fifty dollars. There was freaking people with kids with these things. Like it's like yes, it's expensive, but people when they're in Disneyland, it's like they're in a casino. They don't know what time it is. They don't know what's going on. They're just their wallets somehow emptying, and <laughs> that's, then they go home and like they're like, "Where did I get all this shit from?" And that's literally what Disneyland is. It's like this place that's just designed to you know suck get money. you to spend money, suck money, and it, and it, <laughs> suck money, suck out, of money out of your body. It's like little vacuum cleaners everywhere. Oh, yeah, where did oh, the money yeah. go? Now I get. Oh, I've never been to Disneyland. I've been to Disney World when I was six. That's it. I don't have well, it. Next time you come to LA. We're going there, and I would like to go to Universal as well because I've never been there. Well, Universal's in Florida, so <laughs> isn't there a Universal? No, there's a there is one here. There is there because the only one I know is in Florida. Uh, talk about something while I look this up. <laughs> <laughs> Universal Studios. <laughs> click, click, click. Hollywood, bro. It's in Hollywood. Is it Universal? No, yeah. no, no, not Universal Studios. <laughs> Theme park, you dumbass. It's at the theme park. Well, of course, Universal Studios in Hollywood. It's Universal Studios. I'm pretty sure it's a theme park. No, it's... Oh, my God. It's a studio. It's where they make movies. You live in the movie town, by the way. You forget that sometimes? Oh, am I? Let's see. What are the attractions? Keep talking. What? I, I, wait, wait, keep talking about what? I don't know. <laughs> Something, people. Why you, why are you researching? What are you researching? What are you researching for? Rides and attractions. The wor Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah. Forbidden Journey. Flight of Hippogriff. Fast and the Furious. That's in Studio Hollywood. Tour, King Kong 360 3D. Jurassic World. Jurassic World: The Ride. Dino Play. DreamWorks Kung Fu Panda. The Walking Dead attraction. Okay, calm down. I don't care. So that's in Hollywood. The Ride 3D Transformer. Simpsons Ride. Wow, he keeps yeah, going. Like, I don't care. I don't care. You said I was wrong, oh, well, what, and now you're that, wrong. Okay, but is it what's the one in, in in Florida then? Probably a bigger one that's connected <laughs> to. I think it's connected to uh, Disneyland or something. I don't think it's connected. It's in the same area. It's a swamp that they built everything in. But I don't, yeah, I think it's all around there. I don't know. I don't Anyways, know. fine. Next time in Hollywood. Why? When is the next time I'm gonna? What do you think you're gonna go to? Freaking watch people film movies or something? Is that what you think it is? No, I didn't say that. I'm, look, look, dude. Universal Studios is Universal. It's a fucking. It's a movie house. That's what it is. Just I know look. exactly what. It okay, means. so I didn't think it was an amusement park. I thought it was a movie house. I didn't think they had an amusement park in Hollywood. I thought the only one with Universal was in Florida. Yeah, you make an assumption. That is it's not assumption. It's knowledge without knowledge. <laughs> say that again. It's knowledge. I know of the Universal Studios. You don't. You don't know the things you don't know. So I didn't know there was one in Universal in, in Hollywood. So I don't say I don't. I wasn't assuming. I'm just okay. Whatever. This is exhausting. You're just like, let me just why why under the Universal bus? Can you just go get laid again so you're nicer again to me? Because you already oh ran, you, you already ran out of your your juice. Yeah, um, my your juice literally ran out of juice. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, When's the next time are you going to be seen? When's the next time are you going to come to LA? It's like whatever you want. No, come next week. <laughs> <laughs> also. Did you know they are building, a, like a, I think it's like a spaceship hotel in Florida for that is completely designed like you're inside of a spaceship 
in from Star Wars. And, it, and you can stay there yeah, I've heard like about it's that. A, a hotel. Yeah. There's a hundred rooms and it's not built yet it's, or it's not done yet. But oh my God, it looks good. I want to go and stay in that hotel so bad. I'm sure it's really cheap too. Probably like 50 bucks a night. Super cheap. Practically free. <laughs> yeah, a hundred rooms is not a lot. But anyways, it just seems a really, really cool, cool experience. I'd like to try at least once. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just so many ex interesting things that to do, you know, and experience. And it, it really, I really enjoyed it. I, I feel like since I was a child watching Star Wars with my dad, at this moment when I got to go there and experience it uh, with Mike and Darshell, it was just super fun. I mean, like I, 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 they were watching me. I was just like in awe of everything. <laughs> like everything, I was just like, whoa. Well, I, I wish oh I could have been there. Whoa. I wish I could have been there, but there was like no because BlizzCon I didn't have any or, you know need to go out there. Yeah. Really, bro. Well, well, I, I, I just got I get or my, E3. I, I just need to get my my stream to kick ass and take names so I can actually take vacations. You know, because um, that that's out the window right now. Not, I can't just leave for a week. That's, dude. I know it's tough, man. It's not reality I can live with right now. That's really depressing. Uh, oh wow. It is. So, hmm. what's the next? Like segue. What's the next segue? What are we talking about now? I don't know. What do you want to talk about right now? I mean, well, hey, you know, we could. We, it's only thirty six minutes. We, we we could end the podcast now and find something else to talk about for next week. Oh, okay. We could. How's this sound? We lead to the, Okay, we were okay. And no one knows this. We were going to talk about space. Technically, we did with Star Wars, right? This is what <laughs> we were going to talk about space because what we want to do in this podcast is have like a little bit, a little more of a t talk about something we both me and Stad have a fashion passion about, and that is about. Uh, the outer worlds, the outer universe, the the concept of, of the uh, extra Earth experience that no one really talks about anymore. At least anyone we talk about, you know, we don't talk about the universe, space, black holes, galaxies, time travel. The idea of uh, of the higher minded science stuff that we actually do have a fascination over, and, and just have like a, you know shoot the shit about it and what we think about it, what we've seen, what we talk about, and maybe even do some research and kind of come to the podcast with some stuff to. To, to punch Sounds like fun. Let's do that next week. I think we should. So, but otherwise, we should end the stream. A uh, stream in the podcast now, and uh, and tell everybody next week to. Uh, right. Look forward to. Some I'm ready. Space I'm chat. down. Right, I can't wait. I love space. I talk about it on my stream sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm about to get to go sucked into a black hole. See you later. All right, man. See you. Have a good night. Hey, bye.